This one's for the culture. Me and wifey in the room thinking of a master plan Thinking how we can influence the culture from where we stand Knowing that our steps are ordered by the master's hand Still ten toes down, we ain't switching up the stance The mission of this music ain't just to make them dance Trying to tell them about the rock And welcome, welcome, welcome everybody To another episode of The Bond Chronicles I am the infamous 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 It's a strong Um, word Okay, maybe not infamous yet, <laughs> um, but highly sought after uh, host. You are highly sought at after. At Mr. Bond Chronicles on Instagram. Uh, at mi- at uh, what is my Twitter? Ooh, look who oh, look At Mr. Ray Bond on Twitter. Man, she's throwing me off. Um, but part of the reason she's throwing me off is because we actually have an exciting announcement uh, that I will let her talk about with our new way of contacting us and firing mm, us. Yeah. Uh, you've been hard at work on it, so if you want to share with the people. So I am Mrs. Bond Chronicles on Instagram. Ms. Mrs. Ms. Oh, look how quickly <laughs> karma comes oh, back But I don't around. ever get it right, so you got people it right expect last, you that You got it right me. last time. Okay, you got it right last People time. expect that from me. Yeah. Ms. Bond Chronicles mm-hmm. on um, Twitter and... Just Robin Bond on Facebook. But awesome news to announce. TheBondChronicles.com drops today. It is live right now. After the episodes, you can go and check us out. There's stuff about us. There's more things about the podcast. A little behind the scenes stuff. Um, Just a lot of time spent in front of the computer this last week. I just decided I'm going to learn how to code because apparently it's just a skill that shouldn't be required in life. And it would have saved me a lot of time. Um, but you can check us out there. You can also now order these awesome t-shirts. <laughs> hey, 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 we got merch. We have merch now. Yeah. Um, uh, the Bond Chronicles by Reaction Apparel. Yay me. You know. Hey, hey contracting myself out to work for myself that's always a cool thing Some tax breaks <laughs> tax breaks <laughs> um yeah so again the website is thebondchronicles.com uh so definitely exciting news i will say this is episode 16 16 and a lot has happened um uh, we've come a long way we've partnered with some people uh, we've been on other people's podcasts. We've gained a significant, as far as I'm concerned, a significant following, whether it be on YouTube or social media. Uh, we now have a website. We got merch. We, uh, we've done a lot in, in a relatively short period of time. And so we Ooh, thank you for busy. all your support. Uh, just the constant feedback that's starting to ramp up more. We keep getting likes from people we don't even know, which is great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it's not quite internet celebrity, but we're kind of getting there. <laughs> we're almost like a big deal. I don't know. Like, I had a celebrity block me on social media. That so, is true. I don't know. I Maybe my... That uh, is true. Yeah. I don't know. We might be like, what's D-list, maybe? <laughs> I don't even think we're there yet. Um, but speaking of celebrities, so in the past week, we've had two different boxing events. Hmm. Uh and they were entertaining, I to would say, say the least. To say the least. 
so the big event uh, was in Miami uh, for Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. And Shout out to Floyd Mayweather. Like, a lot of people make fun about how he spends his money and all of that. But for the way that he brings the bag in, like, I don't know if there are any boxers that are as successful as Financially, he definitely not. As has been in his retirement. But mm. these boxers coming up now could definitely take note because Floyd is doing the thing. So, and I don't know how true this is, but Steven Jackson was on, I think it was Undisputed, following... And so people talk about obviously Floyd and his spending. Mm. So from what I understand, his cars are part of his fight contracts. What? So he's not actually buying all these cars. That's part of his purse. So to think that he's oh yeah made a lot of money, but then it's taxed. But then I'm he's going out and buying all these cars because it's and it's an absurd amount of cars. Yeah. And I like that they're all black, actually. I think that's pretty cool. So, allegedly, and I haven't, I can't confirm this, but allegedly he keeps, like, duplicate fleets at his different homes. What? So in that Vegas, is ridiculous. So, in Vegas, they're black. I think in Miami, it's a different color. And I think maybe in somewhere else, it's a different color. So, he's got one of each car yeah. in different colors. Well, he has some of multiple. Right. Well, one of yeah. each car whatever make model whatever yeah in each house in different colors correct that's the kind of money i'm trying oh i i mean i like that type yeah. of money but i don't think i would spend it like that but that's what i'm saying i don't know how much of it he's actually spending oh yeah because if it's that. part of the purse then he's not spending anything and a lot of what you see him wear is his stuff like he'll wear obviously the super fancy designer stuff but generally speaking like he's wearing tmt stuff um and so i've just learned I've learned. I've read a lot about his different ventures. We looked at the fitness, the boxing gym, yeah. which apparently is doing well. Obviously, as the the gentleman's club, he gentleman's club. That's what we're calling it. No, that's that's what it's called. Oh, there's a okay. difference between strip club and gentleman's club based on what's shown. I haven't been, but that's just how I've been educated. Okay. Um, but no, there's and there's a bunch of other things he's doing. He has a, a roller skating ring. Right, a roller skating ring. I think he said he had. Well, obviously, a bunch he, of investments on like real estate mm -hmm. um, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, he's just killing. Like I said, he's killing the game. Yeah, he is. So he so might not he, be able to read if that's true or not. Thing. But them contracts be like, nice. He, he got he got business sense. So <laughs> definitely respect to him for that. Um, and obviously, he has a team and promotion company promotes him. Right, Javante all of Davis, his fighters, uh, a bunch of other people uh, puts his fighters on his cards. Some of his fighters fought. Uh, actually, one of his fighters had a huge upset over Jared Hurd, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Floyd. Uh, shout out to the city of Miami for hosting what looked to be a very great event, a safe event. I didn't hear of any negative, anything crazy, anything yeah, too crazy, which is surprising for Miami surprising, these days. Yeah, which we'll get into that as well. Um, but we want to start with Chad Ochocinco, who actually played in Miami. Uh, as a dolphin, and yeah, for a couple seasons, I think it might have been one, one. maybe two. <laughs> uh, wasn't wasn't there long, uh, but I was impressed. I was coming off the heels of the Nate Robinson fight, and these athletes that are good or great at another sport getting into boxing yeah. doesn't always go well. No, nah. um, 
And I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I figured he would have good footwork because as a receiver, that was always his thing. Yeah. Um, he's a good soccer player, so his feet I thought would be good. But And I saw he had been training with the Charlo brothers in Houston. And which it looked like that really um, paid off because yeah. he had a nice little jab on him. He like, did. he was moving. And if he had been maybe 10 years younger and maybe he'd, you know, hit the gym a little bit more, yeah. that jab would have been something fierce. Because he, he jab, he threw a couple hooks, and there was a t- once a, one or two times he got to look like he had upset. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he started hold throwing. And so you ain't about was, to beat my pretty unlike face. Unlike the celebrity fight we, ju- we just watched, <laughs> uh, there was no headgear. Uh, they were actually, like, fighting. Oh. And, you know, sometimes you let your guard down for just a moment. You're supposed to protect yourself at all times. And he got caught slipping. He and did. he got dropped. Uh, but I thought up until that point, he had won every round. So even if you count that a 10-8 round, I still had him winning that fight. Yeah, for sure. So, no, I definitely was, was pleased to see that. A good entertainment. I thought the theme of the evening as far as chasing your dreams was motivational. It was inspirational. Uh, regardless of what people thought about the fights, I thought it was a moment <clears throat> that people used their stage properly. Uh the next fight was Jared Hurd's fight. And Jared Hurd's from the area. Uh, I've been a fan. I went to see him fight at, I think, George Mason. Yeah. When he lost to... I can't... He lost his title that night. It came out in Washington football team colors. Uh, crowd was crazy. And he just didn't throw enough. And he took a bunch of punishment. Hmm. And Sounds familiar. Up. And to that point, <laughs> he got a new trainer. He re. He, oh, so this is a new trainer. Yeah. Since that fight. Right. And, that is sad. And so I believe what from watching it, he came out with a mindset. Mike Tyson says everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> and his plan was to jab and be, you know, a better, more defensive fight. He was trying to Philly shell, which is a Floyd, you know, what he's perfected. And that is not a good defense if you don't know what you're doing. It's not something you just pick up halfway through your career, even on the backside of your career. And he was just eating right after right after right because you keep your hands down, but you're supposed to shoulder roll. And he didn't know how to do that. So he was getting his head beat in. And I think he finally realized, well, this isn't working. (laughs) So let's go back to the old way. And the old way was take a bunch of punishment and try and overpower your opponent. But he just, and I just don't, like you said, I'm sure he had a plan when he got in the ring. I'm sure his trainers, his new trainer, has tried to teach him new things to better defend himself. But just all around, it was, and obviously I'm not a boxing expert. I've really only started watching it since we, since we've been together, honestly. Oh, that's not true. I've watched fights, but yeah. I've not watched as many as I have since we've been together. Um, and it's like, I'm watching him and I'm like, at minimum, just put your hands up. But his hands were down at his sides, like 90% of the fight. And like, you're never going to win that way. Like, what are you doing? At minimum, keep your hands up. But he wouldn't even defend himself. He was just taking punishment. And I'm, you know, looking at the screen, like, what are you doing, bro? Just stop it. Somebody stop this fight. Just, just stop it, because he clearly doesn't want to win. Yeah, so I, I echo everything you said. Like, it was frustrating as someone, obviously, I'm rooting for him. Um, and it just, it's similar to Adrian Broner, but from a different perspective. 
Adrian doesn't get hit, but he doesn't throw. Hurd wasn't really throwing a bunch, and he was getting hit. I feel like Adrian, his defense is, I think that's what keeps him in fights for as long as he's in. But that's why I keep losing, because yeah. at some point you got to have yeah. some offense. This is and true. And to Hurd's point, like, he had offense, but I think he ran into a similar issue with Floyd, but for different reasons. Because he, st- he landed some punches where normally he would break someone down. And that, I don't know if he was Mexican, Hispanic, I don't know what his background was. Oh, no, dude was, but he, he ate him. He kept going. And yeah. he didn't, you know, get discouraged or anything like that. And when he kept coming forward, like, whether it was based on points, heard loss. And he said after the fight he thought he won. Go back and watch that tape, bro. You ain't win. And that's uh, the thing, like, even like, if you look at some of his older fights, that's why I was saying during the fight, yo, he just needs new trainers. He needs new people. Got and one. I didn't realize that he got him. He's like, so these people ain't working either. Or at this point, your fundamentals are so flawed. There's really not a whole lot anybody's going to be able to do for you. And it might be looking like early retirement. Because, again, you can't keep taking that type of punishment and expect to have a long career. Floyd Mayweather has been able to maintain the longevity that he has because he don't take beatings. Everybody calls it a, you know, when we'll talk about this when we talk about his fight. But, like... Everybody likes to say that, oh, he's boring, doesn't knock people out, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, you don't have to win a fight that way for it to be a great fight to watch. And Floyd, and he'll tell you real quick, if I can get in the ring and not get beat up, why am I going to stand around and get beat up? Like, and then take home more than what most people will ever see in their entire life for 30 minutes of boxing. Yeah. Uh, no, I think you're right. I don't subscribe to that idea that I need to be in a war because I'm a <laughs> Absolutely boxer. Absolutely not. It's the, the name of the game is to hit and not get hit. Right. Um, and Jared, I don't know, to your point, I don't know if it's a new coach. I don't know if it's a new trainer. I don't know if you're just, at this point in your life, this is how you fight. But... I've never really seen him get really busted. He didn't look awful, and I've seen him on social media since then. He looks relatively fine. But internally, I can't imagine that that's beneficial. It can't be. And the older you get, that's not that's not the way to go. I mean, at that point, you're looking at concussions. You're looking at brain injuries. Right. Like, there's all sorts of side effects that they don't talk about in boxing that happen because of the right. prolonged trauma repeatedly you know, and brains are really hard to diagnose because you can't like go crack it open it and look at and it. Look at it. <laughs> like typically, especially with the NFL <clears throat> concussion lawsuit, a lot of that came because people were dead. Dead. Yeah. And so then they could take the brain out of the body and examine it. Can't do that while you're alive. So uh, prayers to him. Shout out to him. He looks like he's doing okay, but we gotta do something different, bro. One, you need to win, um, and two. Yeah, the way you're losing it is, is even the way you were winning was hard to watch, but in your losses it looks even worse. Um, so then we got the Migos performance, which I thought I did not expect. I didn't know they had a Floyd connection. Yeah, well, see, and it, originally when they were coming out, because who did he, oh Logan, Logan, yeah, he came out to his little music. Which was really interesting. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> no idea where it came from. We don't know who it was. No. We can't tell you. If you don't didn't really watch care. the fight, it's all right. You didn't miss anything. 
But then when the Migos came out, and I think I was in the kitchen or I was doing something, so I heard it. I'm like, oh, well, Floyd's coming out. Let me go sit back down. And I was like, oh, there is no Floyd. No. It's just them walking down the ramp, rapping their new song. And I'm good with it. promo. The album yeah, comes so out I, soon. I definitely, it came out today. Well, oh, it came out Friday. Friday, right. Um, so I definitely <clears> think <throat> that was the reason they were there. I just didn't expect them to be there. Takeoff is so weird. Just just everything about him to me is just it's just awkward. So I'm not gonna lie. Outside of Quavo, I don't know the difference <laughs> between the two. Yes, you do. You know who Offset I, is. If you Offset is the one with Cardi. I know who he's married to. But if you put him in a lineup, <laughs> tell him apart. <laughs> I probably wouldn't know who's who. And well, I'm okay with that. It took me the longest time to know his name. Take off? Yeah. Uh, because... They're all cousins, right? I have no idea. They're related. I, I don't feel like that's... No. Yeah, they're related. Says who? Where you read that at? I heard that. From where? The internet, I think. The internet. The internet's not all true. <laughs> so you, you think they just found each other? Yeah. Or they're no, friends. they're related. They're related. We, we can... We can Google confirm it. That or, something. or something. Whatever. Uh, it's not that well, I'm pretty sure they're related. But go ahead. But yeah, just take off... Oh, I guess I could see Takeoff and Offset being related. They look similar. He's just weird to me. Yeah, we're trying to look it up. Uh, yeah, look at these names. They're directly related and were raised together. Quavo is Takeoff's uncle. And huh? Offset is Quavo's cousin. How is Quavo's... Ta- How old is Takeoff? <laughs> what? How old is Quavo? <laughs> He's his uncle? Stop reading the internet. The internet be lying. It, it's true. It has to be. He said it has to be. I have no idea. This is all news to me. They have some very interesting government names. We won't yeah. put that out there. That's for you guys to figure out. I'm trying to see. He was born in 91. was only 30. This and, is so off point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm really confused. And he's... Offset is Quavo's cousin. So he's Takeoff's uncle. Takeoff's 26. I didn't know he was that young. He don't look that young. Because they've been out since 08. So he was out when they were, he was a teenager. I did not know that. And well, learn something new every day. Offset is 29 as well. Okay. I mean, I knew they were young. I just didn't think. That's interesting. interesting. I, I just leave it at that. It kind time. of explains a lot in some ways. That gene um, pool is. Ooh, ooh. I mean, <laughs> uh, so back to, to where we were um, But shout out to them uh, I have not got a chance to listen to the new album yet I will It's got some cool features so. on there Future, Justin Biebs I mean, Cardi's been, on there As long as it's been I would expect um, Some and Culture 3 Yeah so shout out to them I will like I said do my job To listen to that and probably on the next pod We'll have some insight, or we might do a special um, pod in relation to it. We'll figure it out. It's not a big deal. Um, but with that being said, the final fight. Uh, we'll skip the third fight because it wasn't that great. It was a walkover. It was a blowout. Um, Floyd. Walkover, blowout. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't competitive. And I like Badu Jack. I'm glad he finally got a, a knockout win because he's got robbed a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so Floyd came out with Moneybag Yo. Also, did not expect that. Didn't know that that connection But the song was, was super appropriate. 
the song was very appropriate. Uh, so it made sense. Again, Floyd, marketing genius, uh, doing what Floyd does. Apparently he made $30 million before he stepped in the ring just off the placement of his trunk sponsorships. So getting that bag, as usual. Um, I was not as upset as everyone else. Like literally the whole world was pissed. And so what is odd to me, or the biggest thing for me is, Floyd is 44. Mm-hmm. He's never weighed more than probably 160 pounds in his life. Mm-hmm. And he's fighting a man that's, and everybody I've ever met, or everyone I've ever known that's met Floyd or seen Floyd says he's really small. He is. Not just in weight, but in height. And he's fighting some six foot heavyweight. <laughs> like, I don't think, I think people just I, take that for granted. He's fighting a heavyweight I don't, and, uh, at 44. Again, like when, after the fight and we were talking about it and, and just looking at the comments on social media, I feel like a big part of it is like the misconception of how Floyd did or how the fight went is that people did not understand that. Like they know Floyd. Like, did they look at it? Like, he looked, it was like Godzilla and some other guy. Like, David was, Goliath is David, what Missy yeah, Samiro said. Like it was a huge difference in body type. And one guy was like half the age of the other one. Yeah. And I don't and know. For, how, for what it's worth, Logan Paul isn't a schlub. Like he was in really good he was shape. Jacked up. He was in, I guess, what, in high school or whatever. Yeah. He was a no, wrestler and he was an athlete. And, like, he seriously wants to box. So, like, he was training just like everybody else was training. And, like, he ain't walking just, oh, I rolled out of bed and I'm about to fight Floyd Mayweather. Like, he came in ripped to go. And so I don't know if everyone, anyone's ever been <clears throat> in a fight before. But <laughs> I personally am technically a heavyweight. But I would not want to fight an in-shape heavyweight. <laughs> Absolutely five, not. five, six... And, you know, like 200-something pounds. Like, and for him to be 155 pounds, they said, the likelihood of him knocking a young man out with he's had hand problems, he hasn't been a knockout puncher in a long time. Granted, he did end up knocking Conor McGregor out, but that was because that went 10 rounds and Conor was gassed. Yeah. That and that was like three or four years ago. That was still, yeah. He still had some years back so, then. And then Conor McGregor was older. And Connor was old. He, a good point. And he's been getting knocked out, so his body yeah, used to get Yeah, he was trash. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't understand the the expectation uh, that they Floyd was going to drop this man. Like, that's just not realistic. Floyd's never fought anyone that big in his entire life, and he's doing that at the end of his life. End I of think his career. Well, yeah, career, career. Uh, box, uh, fighting career. I And for what it's worth, Floyd make your money. But... The difference between the Conor fight and this fight was technically Floyd got old. And I think that was the biggest, bigger of the takeaways for me. It's not that he couldn't knock him out. He got hit more by somebody that trained a little bit, but probably shouldn't have been able to hit him at that level of frequency. He didn't get hard, but he did eat some punches and... Woke him up a little bit. He was also very lazy. Like, he didn't jab his way in he just tried to walk through it and so i think for a lot of reasons we didn't see obviously the best floyd but i don't know what people were expecting like people were expecting for him to get in the ring and knock him out and i like you said like i don't understand that that's never been 
the kind of fighter that Floyd is was, you Not know. Not in the last 15 years. Right. Definitely. And especially, like, even at, towards the end of his professional career. Right. He wasn't knocking people out. Mm-hmm. The fight was going all however many rounds, and Floyd would win because Floyd threw more accurate punches. Floyd, Which you know, he did in this <clears> fight. He still landed half his punches. Yeah, he did. Con- and considering Logan was... Bless his heart. <laughs> he was flailing his arms. He was hugging him, holding him. Like, he was just. I, I think Logan, for what it's worth, he realized how much work it really is yeah. to fight somebody. And and so people were complaining about the hugging and stuff like that. Nah, that dude Do you was know what tired. it's like to be 150 pounds and somebody laying 200 pounds of dead weight on you <laughs> and you having to hold that up? Like, that's exhausting. He was covered in his sweat by, yeah. like, the third round. So, his, I just... his Because he came out and his hair was all quaffed <laughs> and cute and fluffy. Nah. By the end of the second round, it was, like, dripping sweat. Yeah. Uh, it was just hilarious. But people were upset. And I was, and I was convinced the people that were upset or weren't real boxing fans. And I don't know how much of Floyd fans were. The McGregor fight, I think, was 100 bucks, And this yeah. was half that. So, to see Floyd for $50 was actually a deal. Um, when I heard it was 49 whatever it was, I was like, oh, that, we definitely get that. And some Floyd fights were more than $100. Yeah. It, I, or you had I the knew. HD version versus standard definition, which, it, to your point, it cost more. Right. And then, don't like when we went to the fight party in Vegas that one year when we went out there for his fight. Like, we that is not was, me, by the way. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't there with her. I don't know who she was with, but it I was wasn't a G. us. I was with Gina. Oh, okay. Gina and my old coworkers. We went out to Vegas mm. for the Mayweather fight. He fought, I think, Pacquiao. That was a great weekend. Man. It was a great weekend. We yeah. had a lot of fun. And the fight party, it wasn't even at the MGM. The fight party, we stayed at the Bellagio. The fight party we went to was at the Bellagio. Mm. And the tickets for that were like 250 each two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, to go watch the fight. To go watch the fight on a TV. Oh, it was like a big, cool projector thing. They had like four of them per across person? the room per person. And then well, we paid VIP, so we got drinks and. So it's two fifty with the drinks and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So to that point, <laughs> what they talked about, I think, on the fight night, but. The impact that people like Floyd and even like LeBron when he went to Cleveland have on the local economy. Oh, it's crazy. Floyd don't see none of that. So, but them hotels ate. And I, they was talking about when people, I think it was on the JVP podcast where they were talking about flights to Vegas are typically not super expensive. But oh, on, on a fight weekend? But stupid. because Floyd always fought around the same times pre-planned that they would already jack the price up double or triple because they knew what the was hotels, coming. The hotels, like, right. so after the fight party, we didn't bother to try to leave the hotel because the strip, the strip was crazy packed. And you've been to Vegas, I and have. you know that the Bellagio entrance, you it's walk right out, and it's right there on the strip. We stood there at the entrance of the Bellagio trying to get out for, like, 20 minutes and we were like nah it's cool so we went to a party inside that's where i saw travis barker Mm. and we went inside we went to a club on the inside of there and the only reason we paid i think 40 dollars each to get in there 
was because we were staying there. And again, we we um our room was VIP, so mm. we were able to pay a discounted price. But had it not been, we would not have gone into that club. Goodness gracious. I think Jamie Foxx was there that night too, but we didn't want to pay his prices. So you went to see what, Travis Travis did a show? Barker. Travis did a show. Yeah. Jamie Foxx was just hosting. And I think I like So conned. hosting but not performing? Yeah. Oh, he might have performed. You don't know. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> I called my friends to go see Travis Barker. I didn't uh, care about Jamie Foxx. Jamie back. I'd, yeah, I'd seen nah, Jamie was... live before, so and I'd never seen Travis Barker. So yeah, I, when he first came out with music, I had no idea he could even sing. I what? Just, uh... Didn't you listen to him sing on the Jamie Foxx show? Yeah, but I didn't take we didn't it seriously. Take it serious. no. um, so cool. So that brings us to. The fight that we saw Friday night where Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter, <laughs> Aaron Carter. <laughs> fought each other. And it was the antithesis of the Floyd fight where it was this massive big black man fighting this really, really small. Well, Aaron Carter's six feet. But uh, this really small, frail white man. Oh, my God. And everything. And so I'm not. Shout out to them for <laughs> putting on a show. Shout out to them for getting whatever amount of money <laughs> that they made. <laughs> but... <laughs> At least Aaron Carter did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> um. So the venue was, it was full, um, but what a show. <laughs> Excuse us, uh, this is why I'm professional. Yo, but, we'll put clips up if you're watching us on YouTube. We'll try and find some clips. I don't we'll know, put some clips up. Because technically it was supposed to be on pay-per-view, but. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Um, yeah, so Aaron Carter came out with a bunch of. Really tough looking black guys. Uh, had some nice trap music. He has all these face tattoos. I had I've not seen the man in years. Uh, he looks awful. Uh, yes, I will agree. I wasn't going to say anything. But he looked bad. They said he'd been clean for four years. He didn't look like it. They said his addiction was he used to huff aerosol can smoke. He or, did more than that. I'm just that's just what they were reporting. So shout out to him for uh. beating that. I will say it looks like it had some lasting effects. <laughs> uh, and Lamar Wooden was not in great shape either, but he's, you know, a former basketball player. So I think he naturally will probably have some veil of athleticism. And it was three <laughs> minute and a half rounds. Right. And Chuck Liddell was the guest referee. Do we know who this organization was? Cause like it's celebrity boxes, I think they're like a thing. So like yeah, so this is and I think it's Peter new. Gunn's fault. He's an owner, but he fought, he's fifty two. Right. And he fought earlier in the night. Right. And so this is a new like celebrity boxing organization thing, and I guess they'll be putting out more fights in yeah. the future. But Peter Guns. Um, Forget who he fought. I, I was gonna say who he fought. I was gonna say like no. you know old school rapper Peter Guns. Yeah. Um. Is one of the founders. So Ice T. You know the guy with the real wide net that was a meme, the guy from Florida. Yeah. He was. He fought. 
Oh God! Apparently got beat up. I'm, I I really I don't need to watch late. this again because uh, just sorry. the Aaron Carter fight alone. Just, My goodness! I and again, like, my I'm, man was spinning around the like, <laughs> like, like I'm not in the. I I feel like it's mean spirited to make fun of people sometimes. But if there are any memes that appear on social media yeah, anytime Twitter, soon, yeah, yeah, like they do not do the it justice how hilarious it was oh, to man. watch. Him fight Lamar Odom. Like, all that laughter a second ago, that was not unwarranted. Y'all, it was oh, like, man. Lamar Odom is like eight feet tall. Yes. And every bit of him was just knocking this poor little boy all over <laughs> the ring. And Aaron, he had, and I will take my hat off to him because he had so much fight in him. He would get up off the floor and just keep... Just swinging like I'm sure he had a plan. Yeah, <laughs> and there was a small. There's about ten seconds he started like wail like he was swinging, but he could barely hit Lamar. But he had head to jump. He, was so small. <laughs> he had to jump up to oh, even reach man. Lamar's fa- like face. But they had on headgear, so every time Lamar would hit him. <laughs> The headgear would be all shifted. And oh, it was just, I don't know who paired them up, but that person deserves a raise, yeah. a promotion or something. Like, they need a bonus and a check because that was probably the funniest thing I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. And that was funnier than coming to America. Wow. <laughs> but it was, it was a strong, it, so Lamar Odom knocked him out. In the second round. So, probably in about two minutes total time, he knocked him out. He knocked him out, yeah. But then Aaron, like, he was trying to get up. Like, he's, it's like he thought about like, it. Chuck Liddell was asking, like, you, you, you good? And he was like, nah. He was on his knees, like. <laughs> he, he shook his hand. <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't want to do this no more. I'm done. Just tell uh, him the fight's over. And Chuck Liddell calls it. And shout out to Chuck Liddell. Like, he's done so many other little cool things yeah. since he retired from MMA and I've always liked him I Ice thought he was pretty cool yeah him and Forrest Griffin I think were my favorite fighters MMA wise gotcha. <clears throat> um man that was it was something to see uh so shout out to them for putting that on I will be I feel like they missed an opportunity with marketing because I heard about it a long time ago but leading up to it I yeah. just happened to see it thank god for Twitter and it's news um, that it was even happening, so I quickly actually, you know, it, who was Ice? Um, oh, really? About it. Officially, Ice from the Joe, Joe Budden Budden podcast, podcast was talking about Peter Gunn's fight. I was like, Peter, what is he talking about? <laughs> and so then I, you know, twit, let Twitter do what it does, and then I was like, oh, I forgot this is tonight. Or then somebody night. was streaming it, and, and then you know, thank you the for internet the was internet and. I Technology. tried to do that for the Floyd fight, and they shut that down real fast. Real fast. So apparently, YouTube is a better idea to go live than Facebook, because Facebook didn't last long at all. Yeah, it was um, like 30 seconds in. I haven't actually tried to go live since, because it's not <laughs> So, uh, I got to see if they lifted that ban. Yeah, you uh, should look at me. that. Um, but yeah, some entertainment there uh, over the last week. And for all of that, I wish more people would settle things in the boxing ring. Um, but sadly, we have had a string of incidents specifically, and we're going to focus on hip hop. Um, and I'll take a quick diversion 
um, because I don't know if you were familiar with, and hopefully this doesn't take too long because it's definitely not in line with really what we want to get into completely, but there was a, a man, um, I don't know what I want to call him right now. Cause Ryan? In, no, 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 he's innocent until proven guilty, but he shot the little boy. Ryan. There's Ryan. Ryan something. Uh, let me not. Mm. The, his name was Ryan. Okay. I can't pronounce his last name. And so the kid, quick story, and I probably we might take more time on this later. Um, but the kid, I guess, went to get his bike from the man's yard. Mm-hmm. The man came out with a sledgehammer initially. The kid was saying and tried to swing it, missed, and so then like the kids were running and he shot the kid. And the kid has to be what eight, if that. If that, he's like the same age as Courtney. Yeah. Um, and initially. He was out on bond of $10,000. Once the interviews and the world, and thank, again, thank you for the internet, got wind of it, um, what I understand is he's now been locked back up. Well, yeah, um, the prosecutor's office apparently did not know that the judge was going to release him on yeah. such a low bail. So they not. petitioned for a higher bail considering, oh, and then he also, it was like a stay away order but Mm. all i mean he was going back home which was two doors down from where the little boy lives on the you know on the same street he's had issues with neighbors in the neighborhood before um no yeah i saw it i was pissed it's just (sighs) because i think i saw it i well i did i saw it originally on instagram and just because I don't always trust the way in- stories are presented on Instagram, mm-hmm. I, and I looked up the actual story online through the news station, and you know I've played the newsreel about it. And on Instagram, though, like you know how you swipe and there's more to the story or whatever. The next video that was queued up um, in the Instagram feed was Joe Biden signing the anti-Asian hate bill mm-hmm. or whatever that bill was. Um, and then the caption was interesting. I'm not going to repeat it just because it's, you know, I'm not flagrant, but, uh, really poignant to the Mm. point of how some, a lot of people feel, um, about the administration, how they've handled things how they championed all these black causes. She's a black VP. She's, you know. We talked about it last part. Yeah, she's. Still waiting for the lift every voice. Half immigrant or, you know, whatever you want to call it. She doesn't want to go to the border now. And it's it's just a lot. And when I voted for him, I said, you know, I'm going to be pissed off <laughs> if they don't do even half the things that they said they were going to do. And they, it doesn't look like they're even going to do a quarter of those things. Meanwhile, inflation is getting ridiculous. Ridiculous. I just even... posted today that the average price for a car is like the highest it's been in over a decade. So cars are high. Houses are high. Materials. Materials are high. No one wants to work. <laughs> Um, gas is high. Gas is high. They've so. got all this vaccine that they've paid for that people don't want to take, but then they want to send what was it like five hundred million doses? Yeah. To underserved countries. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're having an emergency <clears throat> meeting on June eighteenth because those heart issues are a little bit more than the six people now. It's more than two hundred <laughs> like, that they're reporting. It's so ridiculous. If, so if it's two hundred, 
It's probably a lot more than that. And that's the thing. Like, I was having this conversation with someone about why I was uncomfortable about getting the vaccine. And the heart inflammation thing was a big sticking point to me. Um, Though the changing of the DNA is a big sticking point (laughs) for me. Technically, it doesn't change the DNA. Technically, mm-hmm. it does not change your code, like your DNA. Mm-hmm. It does do things to your DNA, but it does not change. It does not, me- you know, misinform people. So if it's, so what do you call that? What is it doing to your DNA? I'm like? not a doctor, so I can't explain. I can show okay. you an article well, where my I'll DNA was it. one way, and then <laughs> you inject this thing that alters it even slightly. <laughs> to me, that's changing it. So no, it may not. What is the word? Wait change metamorphosize it or something metamorphosize. Crazy. i don't know what the technical term is but oh man i'm not with it um, no and like you know i'm not with it either and, and then you got people like johnson and johnson who's definitely a trustworthy man, i would never which ironically enough the heart inflammation is not from the johnson and johnson it's from the moderna and pfizer and that's the crazy thing because johnson and johnson had to pull all right they had to pull theirs briefly mm-hmm. and I, I wouldn't have trusted johnson and johnson anyway like how does baby powder give you cancer just is it this is we're just not gonna go there um but everyone's like the pfizer and the moderna are super safe it's super safe it doesn't do anything so there's no side of two shots <laughs> there's no side effects it's, it's perfect and now all these reports are coming back that it's not perfect. And the Pfizer, I was told you might got to get a third shot because they don't know. How right, because, because of the the Delta variant. Look, y'all, this is not what this episode is about. I, like, I didn't even get here. Because we're pissed off. We, and got shot. And now And this Harris. And we need um, to at some point have a COVID pod, which I've mentioned, but we haven't. Um, yeah. So scrap all that. <laughs> back to gun violence. Um... So, a couple episodes ago, we uh, talked about our trip to Miami, mm, and mm-hmm. we were right on Ocean Drive, had a really good time, took some great naps, walked Lots in some- Lots of really good naps. Just ridiculous heat, um, all around pretty much good, chill vibe for the most part. You know, lots of cars, lots of music, um, all that jazz, and literally blocks away from where we were- um, it's been maybe a week or two now. Since we were there? No, no, no. Since the since, incident happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Happened. I was going to say, no, um, we were there at the beginning of last month. And you still haven't unpacked one of your suitcases. Oh, um, <sighs> just put me on blast like that. Um, so, uh, a, and I won't use full names, but an associate of a rapper um, was, I guess has been charged because at one of the most upscale fancy where who's who goes to eat there was a shooting and uh, from what i understand someone shot twice i don't believe anyone died um i may need to double check that or fact check that but no one died there however we talked uh, briefly and we didn't get into it a lot on the i think it was the last podcast we talked about the dmx album Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about the Little Baby and Lil Durk album briefly, um, but uh, rest in peace to Lil Durk's brother who was killed in Chicago, uh, D-Thang, I believe is how it said. I have not listened to his music, but obviously I've listened to Durk. And then shortly in a similar time frame from all of this, a up-and-coming rapper many of you may be familiar with, Pooh 
was at a strip club. And from what I understand in my research is that he had about $40,000 in his pocket. The money got knocked out of his pocket. There was a form of an altercation. The security guard was actually trying to tell him, like, hey, you're not supposed to have guns in here. Like, put the gun away. And some, one thing led to another, and he allegedly shot the security guard. And apparently this is all on camera. Child so, killed. The security guard died? I believe so. Oh, well, that's a whole different charge. I thought he shot him in the leg or something. Oh, no. I thought uh, conflicting stories, but I thought oh, yeah. I read that he I mean, you can shoot him. someone in the leg and die. Yeah. Um, but if that's the case, then that's really, really <clears throat> bad. Or worse than even the initial. Um, so really, the, the point, and we wanted to start with something light, but for us, I think we have a responsibility to, we've talked about the quote-unquote evil whites and the issues with racism in this country, and I've been very critical of a lot, a variety of different people. But I think what also needs to happen, in my opinion, is we do also have to look in the mirror as black people and figure out, one, we have to be better, but two, bigger than that is figure out why we are where we are. And specifically in relation to where it impacts, I would say, me and I believe you the most is the hip-hop culture. And so this goes back all the way to at least Biggie and Tupac, Shine, and others that gun violence has been so prevalent in that culture, but it's also glamorized and glorified in that culture in a way that I don't see. I don't listen to a bunch of country. I don't listen to a bunch of alternative rock, hard rock. They got, I'm sure, their own set of issues, but... Garth, don't be trying to kill Tony and <laughs> Kenny. Like, I don't hear that in their music. They might drink a lot of beer. Whiskey. Whiskey. They may play their guitars. They may not treat women the best. And the women definitely don't feel like the men are any good. <laughs> all the country women songs I be hearing, they be dogging men. Um, and that's just my brief Never introduction. Never cowboy. Um, and all your exes live in Texas. Um <laughs> But that's kind of the gist of it versus the hip-hop culture. And so I guess the, the first question I kind of want to pose is, like, how did we get here? Like, who do you feel is to blame for that, if anyone? Um, I guess it's hard to place the blame in any one place. That makes sense. Because artists are going to create things that they relate to. In the last pod, we talked about the passion, the things that are driving them. A lot of these artists come from underserved neighborhoods. Um, they grew up a certain way. <clears throat> they were involved in a lot of different things, you know, streets, however you want to put it. Um, so first off, they're going to rap about what they know. And if that's the life they were living, and that's what they're the most passionate about, and they really want to get out of that life. There's going to be a lot of passion behind what they're saying. Um, and so that's what they're going to rap about. That's what they're going to make music about. And the consumer, a lot of the people who are listening, are people who are living the same life. They are the people who most relate to a lot of the things that the rapper, the, you know, that the artist is saying. Um, and then, you know, 
I won't necessarily say it's the record labels and the the machine behind the music, but they know what sells. There is this um, show on HBO a long time ago called Deaf Poetry. Mm-hmm. There was a poet by the name of Black Eyes, and in one of his poems, he was like, um, they're still flooding our streets, our neighborhoods with thugs, drugs, and killing, they're just using record labels to do it. And so we've talked about the crack epidemic. We've talked about drug usage in black community. And while it's not as rampant and, you know, insane as it once was, it's still being consumed by people in the neighborhood, people not even in the neighborhood, still being consumed because we listen to it all the time. I don't do drugs. Like, <laughs> I the only time I've ever held a gun was like shooting in a gun range with my dad. Like, any of that type of thing. Um, but I listen to it. I enjoy it. Like, Ti used to be my dude, and I ain't never trapped house nothing. <laughs> you know, um, but it's what sells. And if you, I'm not gonna say are easily influenced by because we all have our influences and things that push us one way or another, depending on all of the influences in your life. But if all you're consuming is drugs, violence, killing, blah, 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 you're going to be more desensitized to it actually happening. If all you see around you is drugs, killing, violence, excuse me, you're going to be more desensitized to it. So it makes you more susceptible to doing it. So it's it's just a whole cycle, a whole vicious cycle that we're perpetually in that nobody seems to know how to stop. Because even like to T.I., we'll jump back there. He doesn't make that kind of music anymore, but all the music he makes now is whack. <laughs> <laughs> Or he just had the diss song about all the people accusing him. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, and he did that, but and like it's I not that I too. don't I don't take him seriously because he, if Ti is a fairly intelligent person, like he does speak he uses out big words. I don't know how intelligent he is. Uh, Some of his stances I don't agree. I with. I agree, but he's man enough and bold enough to stand on them like you know a lot of people will go whichever the way the wind blows okay that's fair i don't know if that makes you intelligent but i get your point um it's kind of hard to take him seriously though like you're telling it and but that's also growth like you have been to court you've been to jail you've been back to court you've been back to jail like the only reason why you are where you are right now is because you had a successful rap career and TV and white people like you. Like, that's why you are where you are. The difference between you and the average corner boy is all of that money and all of that access. And the average corner boy does not have all of that. So when they get hit with a gun charge, when they get hit with a murder rap, like, everybody pats Bobby Schmurder on the back, but he was super young when he went to jail. He just got out. And fortunately enough, 
he, you know, he went in with one of the biggest records of the year and people loved him and they still support him. So he was able to come out to a good situation, but that's not what happens for the average black man. They get out of jail and then it's difficult for them to find um, employment. So then they end up back in the same cycle that they just, you know, and put them in prison for. So like I said, it's like the whole system is just a vicious cycle and it's all broken. I don't think you can place the blame in any one place. That's fair. Um, So I agree with your final premise. I do think it's multifaceted. Um, There's a couple points I kind of disagree with in that you said at one point, I guess the people that listen to it are people that relate to it. And like you said, you listen to T.I., you didn't relate to it. When we grew up, ringtone rap and a lot of those hits weren't made for black people. People were marketing to the little white kids. We've, we've talked about the DMX performance. Um, was it at Coachella? No, it um, was at... Um, I forget where it was. It was but, in New York. Yeah. Glass... Uh, nope, Glastonbury's not, not here. Um, I can't think of the name of it. But Woodstock. Woods, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, and it was a ton of white people. It and they like knew 90% white people uh, from the video, like all white. Um, <laughs> but they knew all the words. And the same was with the little Wayne's, the TIs. And I used to, when we grew up, I saw white people with snowman t-shirts on. Um, and I don't think they had any idea what it meant, or what, <laughs> what it resembled, but, and that's a whole different conversation of white people in black culture. Um, but in this instance, I think, I do think there's blame to go all around. Um, but I do put, you said you don't put a lot on labels. Um, but I do, I think labels do know what sells, but I also believe that what sells is what, where the money is, because I think there's a bunch of artists today and over the course of history that have not been the best, but they got the most funding. And as long as you get the funding and you got the machine behind you, you'll keep making hit records. They'll put you with the best writers. They'll put you with the best producers. They will give you the best rollouts and money behind your platform. In essence, almost for, you almost have to just completely screw it up to fail. To fail, yeah. And so I, I put a lot of that aspect on them. But then we also have the aspect of people celebrate Bobby for not snitching and kill Takashi for being a rat and a snitch. And I subscribe to that. I think what also goes along with that is authenticity. And when it comes to rap, for some reason, and again, I can't speak on other cultures, but I don't feel like authenticity is as big of a thing. You can't talk street gang gun rap and not really be about it. When you do that, you're you're a wankster. You're a faker. Wankster. Uh, I mean, that was back then. Um, you're you're quote unquote. If you don't have all the money, you're a window shopper. Like we villainize and de- uh, demonize people that fake it, that all the money you got in your pocket is what you're putting on the internet. And so as a culture, specifically with rap and hip hop, you have to put on as if you've made it, as if you have it. And many of these people rap and there has been this stigmatism that security makes you weak. And if you roll with a bunch of security guys, like Floyd has a bunch of security or um, early when 50, like he would wear a bulletproof vest because he didn't have security. 50 got a little older, 
50 out of some security. Facts. Um, we just saw at the basketball game, I don't know if you saw this, but Kevin Durant and P.J. Tucker got into it, and Kevin Durant's personal security ran on the court and pushed P.J. Tucker. Like, security is there for a reason. We, we talked about Kim Kardashian, what happened with her in Paris, and now she just had to get a restraining order because somebody mailed her a Plan B pill and something else. Like, people are crazy. And we live in a society today where life is not valued. Yeah. And people will take your life no matter what you're doing. You'd look at what Nipsey was doing for his community, trying to give back, trying to build, try to educate. And they took his life. Um, Pop Smoke was up and coming. They took his life. Um, there's been too many to name. Countless. Um, of people that are trying to make it. And they're being taken from us over the dumbest of things. And I think there's a big, a big part of this is education. And to a certain extent, I think I have to blame the rappers that make it. Like, there has to be some kind of education that... I, Jay-Z did it this way. Jeezy did it this way. Gucci did it this way. T.I. did it this way. But you don't have to do it this way. There are other avenues. We look at like YBM Cordae and he's talking about how he's invested. Um, you look at someone like Ludacris, who's been very successful without having to really live and talk that lifestyle. You can be nice with the pen and not have to perpetuate and talk about or even live that lifestyle. Like people kill people like Drake and Kanye for potentially ghostwriters. And that, you know, undercuts their ability as artists. Who cares? At this point, like Jay-Z wrote, forgot about Dre for both um, Dre and Snoop. Like, who cares? Like, I'm really getting to a point where I'm just, I'm exhausted because these young, and what isn't mis mentioned was the, the baby's uh, associate was 21. Pooh Shiesty's 21. Dirk's brother, I think, was in his 20s. These are young, young, young black people. Um, I think Nipsey might have been in his 30s. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Tupac and Biggie were still relatives, were young. They were young. Um, and it, there's just like, there's a bunch of people I don't want to feel like I'm losing, me, leaving people out. But at some, I think we're at a point where we need to evolve. And I'm someone that is somewhat torn because I've always, I've grown up on it. I've loved the drug rap. I've loved the gangster talk. I've, I've loved all that. I've supported it with my money. I've gone to the shows. I appreciate the art. I appreciate hearing about the struggle. But at some point, you got to get to a place where you can say, that's who I was. That's what I did. But I'm not that anymore. And hire people that can carry guns legally. There's no reason Lil Wayne should need a pardon from President Trump at the time because you're still carrying a gun. You're worth well over $100 million. Why are you still carrying a gun? Yeah. Like, that that's just a lack of education. That's a lack of preparation. That's, it's just so many faults on so many levels that I feel like that's the big part that's missing. It's the money aspect from the label side, but then it's the education part from the community. But we got to explain to these people, and as consumers, we have a role too. Because if we continue to buy these albums of these people, you know what happened when we didn't like what R. Kelly was doing? We stopped buying his music. We stopped streaming his music. 
when we have these situations of stuff that's going on that we don't like, stop supporting it. You have someone like Chance. You have somebody like Kanye who's changed, who's evolved. If the music's still good, and I'm not the hugest Chance fan, but I think he's, he's solid. Or even when Lil Baby was on the Kirk, album, Kirk song, which I thought was really dope. We got to evolve. Someone like J. Cole, I've really appreciated his last album. He had the attitude of someone that was tough, and not, this isn't a slight, but he communicated in a way that was still effective but not detrimental to the culture. So, <clears throat> quick question. Mm-hmm. Because we talked about this in the last pod. Um, separating the artist from the art. Mm-hmm. And do you hold the you know the artists accountable for the type of music they make or the things that they're putting in their music and in that podcast you said you can separate the artist from the art and it, you have no problem listening to the music as long as the music is good but right now you're saying uh i can't really separate it because this thing is detrimental to this community and it makes me feel away so i need something to change uh not entirely so my point is i don't think i think the artist is separate for, separate from the art and i would like there to be more separation i would rather them not actually carry the guns that they rap about i would actually not i would actually rather them not actually kill the people that they say they're killing or they say, if you run up on me, I'll blow your brains out. Like that, I'm just saying that's a general no, I mean, lyric. Yeah. I would rather that not be the reality. But if it is the reality, I'm not going to stop listening. I have not chosen to stop listening to that music. And so as a consumer, that is on me. Because I'm still streaming that. And I don't listen to a lot of that music. But if I choose to stream, like, and I, was, I really wanted to listen to the Migos album before because they have historically talked about things similar in that nature. If you talk if you're talking about smoking weed or whatever you do, I'm not like that's fine with me. If you talk about selling drugs, I'm I'm not going to kill you for that. Like I've been around that, I've seen that that is a part of culture. The murder aspect. So for you that's the hard line. Well, I'm no I'm saying I'm st- I still listen to it and I still support people that rap that way. What I'm saying is I would rather them find another thing to rap about. And how that happens, I think, is where collectively I play a role, labels play a role, and the the artists that have made it play a role, and then the artists themselves play a role. And so like Conway and Griselda, they're they're growing their their influence is growing and that's where they're at. That's what they talk about. That is their life and it's we talked when we were kind of going over this issue, this topic of um, censorship. And so it's not to say that you can't tell your story. And for newer artists, I think it's hard because the beat sounds a certain way. It puts you in a certain type of mood and you write your experience. I think for me, the bigger part is I don't need you to live the life that you rap about anymore. I would say that's the change for me. And that's just the thing, like... Most of these artists, especially with the way that the deals have been structured and are still structured now, like they don't see money until they start touring. Like they don't really blow up until 
they're a couple albums in. So a lot of times, it's not even that they're not still living that life. They are still in the streets. Like the, I can't think of the rapper. He wasn't super famous yet. He wasn't super popular, but he had an open investigation against him. And the reason why they were able to lock him up was because in a song, like a idiot, and I don't know why you would do this. Like you said, he said, I did this, 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 and this. This is how it happened. Basically a whole confession. They used that in court and the kid got locked up. Which like they only do in hip hop, by the way. <clears throat> like there's a law that they can use your r- lyrics against you, but it's defined to rap. To rap. Which oh. is not cool. I completely agree with. Um, but and so to your point, I'm with you on that. And I, I think it's obviously idiotic if you're selling drugs to tell them that you're selling drugs and where you're selling them. Um, but I think the part for me that is the bothersome is the murder part, the gun carrying part. Like, if that is your lifestyle because you haven't made it, you're in a bad deal, you haven't got your advance or whatever, and you have to hustle to make it, I'm not killing people for hustling. I'm saying, don't you can't maybe you can't go certain places. If where you go requires you to carry a gun, and in the event that you are carrying that gun, you have to use that gun. There needs to be an education to say you don't need to be there unless they're paying you to be there. You, you don't, don't need, need to be, to be there. there. And if they're paying you to be there, then they need to be able to provide the security for you to be there. We talked about a while ago when Meek came out and Six Nine was out there. That shouldn't happen. That should not happen. And fortunately, they both had a bunch of security there that nothing really happened. Yeah, just but, a lot of loud talking. But to a lesser artist who may not have had the security, that could have went way left. And that, to me, is where we got to find some kind of common ground because it is really tough. It's bad enough to see cops killing young black men. But young black men dying, especially at the stature of these young black men. Like, these are next level people that, and I think we're seeing a lot of, if you can make enough money in this rap business, then the education is there. We look at people like Joe, we look at Ludacris, we look at Jeezy who's changed, we look at even Gucci and Fat Joe who's done different speeches and 50 Cent and what he's doing on TV with Power and all the spinoffs. If you can make it out, there are lanes and levels that you can get to, but they're not making it out. And so we look at Migos. We look at Lil Baby, who's real hot right now. Like, I look at someone like Lil Dirt and what he's rapped about. And 6 9 like the clown he is, was talking trash about Dirk's brother dying. But Dirk's MO is if you hit us, we hit back. Right. And so now my concern. And naturally, I understand where he comes from and where he's feeling. His brother just got murdered. What is his response? So are we about to lose another one? Whether it be to jail or to the streets. Like, he's, he talked about buying up uh, where King Vaughn's neighborhood, Oblock. Like, the mindset is right. But if you're still walking around carrying guns and you're still using those guns, you're not going to get that opportunity. And that's the gap we got to bridge. I 
And so <clears throat> I guess my question is, where do you start? Because it's not for lack of programs and outreach and there, I mean, I mean, this is me just playing devil's advocate. I lived in the hood, like, as an older person, just because, you know, I was there. I wasn't of the hood. I was just there. Mm -hmm. I was visiting. <laughs> and I, I didn't fit in. Like, I knew I didn't fit in. But even when I was living there, like, I saw, you know, stuff. But then I also saw churches that kept their doors open late for kids to come in and hang out and do their homework, their community centers, their after-school programs, their sports, their parent. Like, we just watched this in City on a Hill. The kid's mom, mm -hmm. like, she was the most, like, she secured funding for a whole neighborhood so that the projects wouldn't stay the projects. But her oldest son was the drug dealer and screwing up the neighborhood, basically. He was gunned down by police. And then because the younger son was involved in a shooting that killed other people, he goes to jail and dies in jail. And this woman is a pillar of the community trying to uplift the community and couldn't even save her own kids from the community. Yeah. So it's like there are resources out there. And I don't think it's a lack of education that the resources are available. It's just a choice. And... Unfortunately, it's a choice that a lot of people, young people, in those situations, they see the struggle that they come from. They see whatever their home situation is. They see the environment that they live in and decide, I don't know what I got to do to get out of this, but whatever I got to do to get out of this, I'm going to do it. And unfortunately... A lot of times, the streets are right there, ready to access and take them away. So, this and again, this isn't a new problem. This has been going on for as long as black people were put in the hood. Like, how, where do you, how do you stop this? How do you end this, what is it, from school to prison cycle or from school to death cycle but because again that's also super multifaceted and that's not just music but i think it starts with a choice and i think the biggest choice is they always talk about money changing people if i'm the one running this and ghost i'm going to use a tv example you got to change your circle like i look at someone like snoop Fully ingrained in the culture. A part of death row. Snoop is like the most marketable man in the world right now. I know. He's on all the commercials. And I support that black man. <laughs> he openly, you know. Crip. Has been Till that. Till the day he died. But he, he made a decision at some point. And I think he had the right people around him, which is important, to guide him. But at some point, you got to make a decision. Jay-Z at some point had to make a decision. Did he? I mean, he it, talked about it. It was like he decided to go on tour instead of yeah. going to go do this one thing. And it saved his life. And it changed, saved his life. Changed all our lives for real. Cause yeah, because the world without Jay-Z would be awful. 
Rock from Rockaway to Title to <laughs> to everything that to man Ace touches, to, like you know, just money to Beyonce. We don't know what she would have been without the marriage that they have and the kids and business ventures. Like, but it, it starts with a decision. Diddy had the decision to make after the Shine incident. Like, I mean, Diddy, Diddy was I mean influential in a lot of those artists. Like he told Biggie, it's like either you gonna sell drugs or you gonna make music. Right. And he chose to make music, and that is what really changed Diddy's life. And yeah. then, obviously, everything that From came make, after that. Making the band, he tried to get them together. And made, like, a lot of these guys, Dipset and Cameron in them and what they did, Jim Jones, he's evolved. Fat, like, at some point, you got to make a decision. And I don't know how, And it, from listening to the last album with Baby and um, Dirk, it sounds like Baby gets it. Like, he said he's going to start slowing down his features. He's starting to invest and do stuff differently. Because it sounds like he's smart enough to realize that life, it's a dead end. And we've always heard, you're either going to end up dead or in jail. And we always think we're smarter than the system, but everybody goes down. All your favorite gangster heroes go down. And some of them, you know, it's... It's just kind of frustrating, or it is frustrating, and I want us to get to a point where we as a society and we as a culture, one, hold them accountable, but two, with our dollars and voice, push them in a different direction. Like, I think... But at that point, so so again, at that point, if they... I mean, and that's for the ones who are aspiring rappers. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about the ones who just live that life and live that life. They don't want to be rappers. They don't want to do any of that. But they're different. They don't have the opportunity. I'm talking about the people with the opportunity. But why don't they have the... And so again, so that's what I'm asking. Like, you want... They don't have the talent. If you can't rap, you can't rap. I'm not talking... If you can't play ball, you can't play ball. Okay, so I'm not just talking about musical at this point in the juncture i'm talking about the consumer the consumer wants to hear that music because that's the life they're living you want people to stop paying for it you want because if the people aren't paying for it then the music companies won't push it for it to be made correct so the consumer though they have no desire to be a rapper they don't want to be a football player they don't want to they want to do what they're doing and it's because they're successful at it, they're making good money at it, you know, despite what the effects on their neighborhood, on themselves, financially, none of that matters. They're in that moment. Those people, you would, so what do you say? Because the violence will happen whether the people are making the music or not. I agree and I disagree. I think the violence will happen, but I think it would be different. I think How? Just because the society hasn't always been this way in our community, we've just talked. We celebrate Tulsa and Black Wall Street and what that represented. We sell. We've talked about the Black community as a whole. Black community existed before rap. No, and I'm not saying it didn't, but this aspect it's been a part of the Black community for a long time. Whenever you talk about Black Lives Matters and police um, violence against Black people. People, a lot of people are quick to bring up the whole black on black crime thing, like gang violence, street violence, drug violence. Like that's not just a made up thing. Like that is a thing. Right. But that's driven to me by government. Like we've talked about crack and the government's role in that. And so 
gangs really got false. And we've we talked, we've watched Snowfall. A lot of that came from dads being out of the home, so boys needing some kind of family community, and then money and fast money. But fast money is perpetuated a lot by hip hop culture. So I think they go hand in hand. If we had more people like Chance, if we had more people like J. Cole, if we had more Jay more Jay Z mindset people. I mean not young Jay Z, but that are talking and rapping about crypto and investing and life insurance like Nipsey was evolving into. But you and so again, I'll be devil's advocate again. There are a lot of dope rappers out there that don't rap about guns, drugs, and killing. Like, mm-hmm. but they're not the ones who are heavily played on the radio. And that's my, that brings me back to the labels and the machine. That's strategic. There's a reason why those artists aren't getting record play. There's a reason why labels are not backing them. There's a reason why they don't care when. And I'll just use these names, and it kind of annoys me when people do this. Pookie kills Ray Ray is fine, but if Pookie kill Lil Johnny, it's an issue. You get a black rapper on a song talking about mass murdering a community of white people, the way they mass murder communities of black people. That song will not be played. Right. You start talking about or making jokes of shooting up an Asian parlor in your rap song. No. That song will not get played. Yeah, and you'd probably get sued. A bunch of stuff will come. Labels aren't going to support that. But if you go shoot up your local hood, you start talking about drive-bys in your local black low-income community, oh, we're going to play that all day. Right. That's where I believe the labels and the machine is part of the problem. Because to your point, there are a lot of artists. I'll argue even on the Christian realm. Lecrae's managed to make it, but it ain't because he had any kind of radio support. Yeah, and Lecrae's dope. I'm a big fan. Like, I mean, all and, and of that's... Reach and what they've done, like, D1 is another one that he's ascending. Social Club and them, they make dope music. Trip Lee makes dope music. Derek Minor makes dope music. They're from all over. But like Andy. That's, yeah. yeah. But they don't, they've had to do it on their own. Like, I went to their shows 10 years ago. When they was funding their own joints. (laughs) And it was a great show, but it was a struggle. They ain't got no money, so it wasn't that fancy. (laughs) It was not fancy. I remember they had this little, it was like a Christmas light thing. Oh, man. In the back, but it was just like a board of lights. And it it was super low budget. And Lecrae's talk, they would go on shows and they wouldn't even have a sound system. They would have to use whatever sound system the the venue provided. And a lot of these times at this point, they was Christian, Christian, I guess you want to say. So it was at churches. And we know churches wasn't built for concerts. <laughs> Not back then. Not back then. And this then, wasn't that long sure. ago. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a lot of that. Um, and it's just the labels back certain machines. And we talk, they talked about, um, I think this is also on Joe Budden's podcast, as you guys can tell. We, I watch it a lot. But they were saying what music song, Love. It was supposed to be God. And the label was like, nah. So, what? love, so many things, I gotta tell you. All oh, mu- music. So, yeah. you should just say music, soul child. I know he doesn't go by soul child yeah. anymore, but. I thought you were hip and in tune, but apparently not. No, um, you just said music songs, love. Like, the yeah. way you said it, it was too convoluted. Just... But, okay. So, 
It was supposed to be God. Yeah, it was supposed to be God. The song is supposed to be to, or was written to God. And if you listen to the lyrics, it makes, in my case, more sense. Mm. But they switched it because they didn't want that. When Kanye switched, the ma- the machine didn't push a lot of Kanye stuff. True. The machine he, was angry. He funded all those Sunday service choirs. He funded that transition. Um, and I believe to this day, he's still funding it. Um so my point is if you can if you are talented you will be found. But if you're not as talented then you do need the machine. You do you do need the production. You do need the writers and they're not going to back other people, which is why Chance is Chance and has had to do it Chance's way. Uh and with things like Patreon and Bandcamp and some of these other avenues to create revenue in this uh, NFT uh, wave. I think it's empowering creators. But... It's still... Go ahead. But to present the lifestyle, the Rolls Royces, the Phantoms, the Cullinans, the Maybach trucks... It's a Cullinan. It's a type of car. Um... You got to subscribe and you got to sign that 360 bag contract. So they'll give you the money, but now they own you. They own your labels. They own what you say. Lupe went through that for a while and it negatively impacted his career to me. Uh, Where you lose your creative control. You lose what got you there because they want you to make this song. Joe is a great writer to me, Joe Budden, but he's famous for Pump It Up. It's a great song. It's played well. Yeah, and that's always... But the machine has pushed that song so when... So crazy to me. Jin is another one. I thought Jim was a dope rapper. Yeah. But his first thing, I think, was speak Chinese or whatever. And naturally, he fell off. But I've listened to a couple of his albums since. He also had went Christian. And they were he still could rap. But the machine wasn't there. Rough Riders wasn't there because the labels pulled the support. Um... So I think if labels chose to support a different message in our community, people would change the way they write because that's what the money is. And naturally, the people that listen to the music mentally would feel different because when you listen to things, you put things in your process, it programs you. And we, I don't want to even get into programming, but if we're hearing a different message, I believe we'd act different. And that's all on the music industry to change. I think a lot of it. I think you can go, like I said, we've, we talked about Chance and some of the others, but that route's are significantly harder and the success rate's significantly lower. And if you don't got it and you're trying to get it out the mud, you're going to get it the, the only way you may know how. Mm. It's an interesting point of view. Which conditions the generation to follow. To do the same thing. <clears throat> and the cycle continues. Mm. Okay. Well presented argument, sir. Thanks. Um, so that's really our time for this week. I know I did a lot of the talking, but this was... As always. That is not true. Bro, you be talking. I do not. When I, be, when I edit, I be having to wait. I be almost falling asleep. <laughs> Trying to wait really? for you really? to stop talking so Fall that asleep. I can switch the um, topic back to, you know, when I'm talking. Boy, stop. 
You always lying to the people. I don't be lying to y'all. He be lying to y'all. Um, so I think in this next week we'll have a versus. I think next Wednesday. Um, hmm? Ain't the Trina Eve joint this Wednesday? It's Wednesday? It's Wednesday, which is smart <sighs> because outside's open and we're getting more into the summer. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if I'm... Mm-hmm. Oh, you ain't gonna watch? You ain't gonna I watch mean, the women? I, I'm going, I love Eve. Like, I'm going to watch. I don't know I will be curious late. what 20 songs they come up with, but that's just me. Eve got 20 songs. Right. Trina? I don't know if Trina got 20 songs. They Okay, they got 20 songs. They got 20 songs that everyone knows. We're going to see. Eve's got 20 songs okay. that everybody knows. We're going to see. That's all I'm going to say. You trash. I'll be that. <laughs> um, so thank you again. Uh, shout out to the EB Radio fam. Shout out to all of our listeners and supporters. Definitely go check out thebondchronicles.com. We are live. There's a bunch of stuff there. And this is, again, just the beginning. We're continuing to grow. Thank God for, you know, putting this in our hearts um, and allowing us to walk this out. And we just let him lead and this guide us. Him talking. What? Hmm? All right. So in life, things happen. You have the power to choose what you do. Choose wisely and always bet on you.